Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. everyone, it's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I have for you today Dr. Nancy Yen Shipley. Dr. Shipley and I connected over Twitter, actually. I found her tweets hilarious. I started following her there and asked her one day a few months ago if she wanted to record with me. And interestingly enough, she was starting her own podcast, The 6%. So definitely check out her podcast. Um, And she agreed to record with me. And I had a great time recording with her and hearing about her story into medicine and what she's up to now. And so her episode title is Renaissance Woman. A little bit about Dr. Nancy Yen Shipley aka Nancy MD. She is a board-certified sports fellowship trained orthopedic surgeon in private practice in Portland, Oregon. She's also an avid writer and speaker that's passionate about helping others open doors to be more and do more in their lives as a creator and curator of engaging written, video, and live content. I'm super excited to share her journey into medicine on the podcast today. In her free time, Dr. Yen Shipley enjoys spending time with her family, snowboarding, stand-up paddleboarding, playing, learning, or i.e. learning tennis, and enjoying the great outdoors and the great food in her adopted hometown of Portland. You can find her on her website, nancymd.com, and also her Twitter, underscore nancymd, and Instagram, underscore nancymd. So definitely check her out at all those places. She is super fun, super funny, and enjoy the podcast. And I will chat with you all next week. everyone. It's Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Nancy Yen Shipley. She is a board-certified sports fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon in private practice in Portland, Oregon. And um, interestingly, Nancy and I, I think we connected through Twitter. I started liking some of her tweets and her TikTok videos. I have to say there's a video that she posted with her husband (laughs) in costume on the Peloton. And I just cracked up. Anyways, you'll have to check it out. Um, But anyways, I'm so excited to have Nancy on the podcast today to share her story and her journey with us today. So welcome, Nancy. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here and to chat with you. Hey, I'm excited that you're here. So um, I have all my guests who come on share with our audience uh, what word or two or phrase describes their personal health and wellness journey. So what phrase describes your own journey? I had to put a little bit of thought into this, but I came up with Renaissance woman as my phrase. Excellent. So why did you choose that word or phrase? Well, I think a lot about what makes me tick. And I think a lot about 
what gives me joy. And I think it is striving towards being this Renaissance woman. You know, you hear a lot about Renaissance man. So I figured, you know, let's make it gender specific to who I am. And, you know, I think being a Renaissance woman is being able to mix knowledge and experience from separate and disparate spheres into kind of a new whole and that whole being, being you and who you are and kind of being a Jacqueline of all trades that I, I find that when I embrace that part of myself, then I feel like I'm living life a little bit more fully. And this crosses over not just into kind of health and and wellness, but but just kind of everything for me. So tell me a little about a little bit about your story and your journey to become an orthopedic surgeon because I've listened and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I listened to your podcast that you just launched recently and I listened to your intro episode. And so I kind of know that you didn't have kind of a straight path into medical school and doing orthopedic surgery. So can you kind of share with our audience um, your journey through that? Yeah, I definitely came to medicine with a really circuitous path. Um, I'm, I'm Asian American. And as you and I were chatting before we started, there's kind of like this expectation being Asian American that you're going to be a 4.0 student and go right into whatever path you're supposed to be on, whether that's, you know, medicine or engineering or, you know, it's like very typical, right? Um, And I entered UCLA as a freshman uh, as a pre-med or thinking that I was going to go pre-med track. I walked into my first class, which was, you know, bio 101 or whatever it was called at that time. And there were like 550 other people who were all vying to be in that pre-med track and not everybody gets accepted. And I very quickly got weeded out. Um, And so I fell back on, I literally looked when I had to choose my major, I looked at how many I how many credits I had in various <laughs> potential majors. And I was like, hmm, psychology and sociology are both very close, but I have a couple more in psychology. I will most likely graduate on time if I choose a psychology major. So I ended up a psych major. By and default. I ended up, <laughs> yeah, by default, because I'm like, yeah, because if I choose anything else, I am going to be here for six years. And so um, I ended up a psych major. I graduated with like a 2.99999, as you know. <laughs> And definitely not med school material, but but I realized that, you know, I, I came in as a pre-med not because I had aspirations to always be in healthcare and that or that I had doctors in my family. I did not. It was just kind of like, well, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. And so college was a little bit of a period of growth for me. Um, and a lot of just having fun, and I, I would not change anything about my college experience. Um, and it wasn't until much later that I decided to go into medicine. And by then, by the time I went to med school, I was almost 30. I had spent um, over six years out of undergrad and had a variety of jobs. I worked in the snowboarding industry. I did marketing and sales. I planned conferences and um, ran a small business and kind of did a bunch of things. And then while I was working full-time and traveling, I did all my post-bat classes because it had been so long since I did my classes that I had to retake a lot of things 
and when I was serious about going into medicine at that point, um, you know, I got, I think it was a 3.8, 3.9. Was, it was a good GPA. I studied hard for my MCAT and I was able to get in. Um, but definitely a circuitous route to going into medicine. That's amazing. And you know, in hindsight, I went straight through. I think there is a there is a lot to be said about those six years or however many years um, that you had between college and re and applying for medical school. Um, and and I think um, there are a lot of um, advantages to starting medical school a little bit later um, and not the you know traditional medical school student. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that period that you had during the six years, um, what that was like for you, um, you know, in terms of growing as a person? Well, you know, when I graduated, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do at the time. I was like, I really like to snowboard. Of course, like now I'm in my 40s, my joint, joints are all old and creaky. And so I'm not <laughs> nearly as limber as I used to be. But, you know, I was going off big jumps at the time. And I spent time That's in the so snowboard cool. park. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, wouldn't it be cool if my job involved snowboarding. And so at, at that point, it was when um, snowboarding was really kind of exploding and all these new little companies were popping up all over the place. And so I worked for a small snowboard company in Southern California and I did marketing and sales. I did in-house sales. I did outside sales. I got to travel around to the snowboard shops. And pretty much I was like going to snowboard shops, hanging out with other snowboarders and telling them about snowboards. And then I would go to the competitions and I'd like ride a little bit and then I'd hand out stickers promotional stickers and like that was my job I made almost no money like I I commuted an hour and sometimes an hour and 10 minutes in LA to the office where the snowboard headquarters were and like maybe spent more in gas money than I was actually making <laughs> so but it was a it was a super fun experience and it was a little bit of a fun diversion before I ended up getting looped into helping to run a small business and and setting up travel conferences and that was I think where I gained a lot of experience just interacting with people who were not my age, people from different backgrounds, different cultures. Um, and I think that experience was really important for me as a medical student and as a, you know, a junior doctor in being able to talk to people who didn't exactly look like me or were not my age. Um, and it, it made it easy, especially in the third and fourth years when I um, did the clinical rotations um, as an older student, that was easy for me. Not, I don't want to say easy. It was hard. It was hard, but like the social part of it was easy. And was that something that came naturally for you? Because I know personally for me, that's really hard. I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier, you know, growing up Asian American. I mean, I was sort of raised to be I'm a little bit more on the passive side, like don't ever speak up or, or speak what's on your mind. And so I'm even to this day, um, I struggle with that a little bit. So is that something that just, you just learned with that, those several years of experience, you know, being in the uh, workforce? <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. I think, um, I think that was really important in, in developing that. Um, I also, 
spent a, a good amount of my teenage years being somewhat of an introvert. Um, and, and it's like super weird now that like, I just like to get on the microphone and talk all the time. Uh, <laughs> totally different. But yeah, I was a little bit of an introvert. And, and so I, I had to talk to people and I had to, I did a little bit of Mandarin translation too for classes um, in which my, uh, I worked for my stepdad for a little bit. I did uh, help him translate classes in front of a group, which mortified me. Um, but that just forced me to become a little less uncomfortable with speaking to complete strangers, speaking in front of people, and uh, speaking to people who weren't my age. So I think that was hugely helpful um, when it came time to do that in medicine. That's awesome. And good that you had that experience to really, um, you know, step in, step into a little bit of discomfort because, um, now, I mean, you're doing so much and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, um, so tell me a little bit about, um, going into an orthopedic surgery residency, which I know, and you can share with the audience, um, that it's a predominantly male <laughs> field and how did you get into it? And, um, what is, what is life like for you now in private practice? So when I, when I started medical school um, and I had a little bit of background in, um, in actually acupuncture and some exposure to Chinese medicine in Qigong during those years that I was um, out of school. And so I, you know, I really had a lot of belief in kind of applying holistic medicine as an adjunct to our allopathic medicine. And so I went in thinking that I was going to go into family practice or maybe internal medicine or something like that and, and essentially be a GP. And, and I have the hugest, hugest respect for GPs because I found that after I started school and started my clinical rotations, I was like, I'm not a GP. I, I am clearly a proceduralist. I'm a surgical person. And like, you know, you start medical school and people kind of sort of fall into one camp or the other. You rarely have people who are trying to decide between two specialties that are either surgical or non, you know, we sort of self-select. And so it's kind of funny that I started out thinking I was going to go in that direction. And um, when I started my um, third year rotations, I did orthopedics pretty early on. And, and before that, I had my only ex exposure had been um, like a one or two week summer shadowing experience with um, just a friend of a friend who was an orthopedic surgeon. And, and you know, and even at that moment, I was like, wow, you know, I, I saw a total hip and I saw the same patient walking into clinic just a week later, of course, with a walker, but I was like, oh my God, he had his hip fillet open and here he is walking and he was in so much pain pre-op that uh, this was just a drastic change. So I kind of planted the seed. And then when I started third year and I did my orthopedics rotation and actually got to scrub in on those cases, I was like, oh my gosh, first of all, these are my people and uh, these are my surgeries. And so I knew, I knew right away that that was what I wanted to do. And I, it was almost like I was a little bit blinded or naive to the fact that I was in an OR and hanging out in this, among the residents. And I actually was, you know, maybe the only girl. And 
so when I, I just didn't even think about it when I was like, oh, well, clearly this is what I want to do. And, and I, it, I was almost surprised when people would say, oh, well, you know, girls don't really do that. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and, and I was surprised that people even had anything to say to me about it. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And, and so, you know, call it foolhardy or uh, call it whatever, but I, I just kind of ignored it. And I was like, whatever. And this is what I want to do. So I'm going to apply anyway. Um, and then I got used to a little bit of the talk where they're like, oh, you know, women don't do this. Or, oh, are you strong enough to do this? And, and you know, I kind of just maybe internally just rolled my eyes a little bit and was like, whatever, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I want. And so fortunately, you know, I, I did well enough on my exams and I did well um, rotating through uh, as a student that, um, that I did match into orthopedics. And, you know, I think pretty much all the way through residency, I was like, you know, even as hard as residency can be, um, I was like, yep, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. Did you have any um, challenges in the interviewing process or had, you know, just people who interviewed you or people you interacted with along the interview trail that you just were like, what the freak? (laughs) Do you have any funny stories about that? There's definitely that. I mean, there are, there were some quirky experiences where, you know, maybe I was just talking to somebody who sort of had strange social skills, but, you know, there was one interview where as the interviewer was asking me, looking through my CV saying, oh, I see that, you know, among your hobbies, uh, you like to snowboard. When was the last time you did that? Um, oh, I see that you also enjoy cooking. When was the last time you did that? Like, he, it was like very specific. It was like, did you do that last month? What has been five years? And it was really just kind of an odd interview. Um, and while I was on the interview trail, fortunately, this didn't happen to me, but this happened to um, some of the women who interviewed at a, a particular program. It was in, I won't say anything more specific than it was somewhere in the Southeast, um, where it was a woman interviewing for a spot and they said, well, I see that you don't have any women in the program. Would you be open to having a woman in the program? And the guys said, yeah, we love women. In fact, tonight for the residency, you know, interviewee outing, we're actually going to the strip club. And so, I mean, there (laughs) is definitely some of that out there and I sure hope that it's less and less and less these days. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I think that there are definitely still challenges for women in a male dominated residency or any field really, um, where they're going to run up against some sexism and, and mm-hmm. definite inequities and, and straight up illegal, illegal questions during the interview. Like I, I, I was asked like, what, what are your family planning yeah. <laughs> plans for when you come into residency? Do you plan on having a child? I see you're not married yet. Are you going to get married? Do you think you're going to have kids? I mean, fully illegal, illegal questions, but I had them, you know? Well, it sounds like so. the program that you trained at, um, was very supportive and you had a good experience. 
I did. I, I really had a, a good time in residency. And I think all residencies, you know, have uh, continually have things that they can work on to improve um, equity and um, being aware of these issues. Um, but I look back and I had a great experience. I'm still very, very close with my co-residents, um, both within my year and, and outside of my year. And I count them as some of my best friends. Of course, like there are mostly guys <laughs> because that's what it was. That's yeah. just what it was, but they're all good friends. And I also have several women that I'm really good friends with that did come through the residency or had come before me as well. Yeah. So speaking of being a female in a male-dominated field, um, tell me a little bit about your new podcast. Yeah, so I'm very excited. At the time that we're speaking right now, um, I actually just launched the podcast. We just went live. We, I say we, but really it's the royal we. It's just me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so the podcast is called The 6% with Nancy MD. That's kind of my moniker. And the 6% comes from the percentage of women. One of the numbers that's quoted for women in, in practice within orthopedic surgery, it's pretty rare. I started thinking about this years ago when I was flying through an airport. Um, I always say that, you know, like who flies through the airport? You fly out of an airport. I was walking through the airport (laughs) and I saw a female commercial pilot and I was like, wow, you know what? I actually don't see that many women who are flying commercial planes and I had to, you know, she was going that way. I was going this way. And, and, uh, I've just really wanted to sit down and have a cup of coffee with her. <laughs> I would say glass of wine, but you know, pilots, wine don't mix. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I, I just wanted to chat with her and say, what was it like going through for you? And so that was where the seed was planted for the podcast. And, um, as we inched up on this like crazy world pandemic, I was starting to really plan it and thinking, okay, I'm going to do this someday. I'm going to do this someday. And it was actually getting pretty close to starting to record and figuring out the logistics of, you know, editing and all of that when the pandemic hit. And, you know, I spent a week where I said, oh my gosh, you know, the world is, is, like going crazy and falling apart around me. I, you know, I can't do this podcast, you know, I'm not operating right now. And, but then after a week of like wallowing in, you know, self-pity and worrying about the world and about my family and public health, I was like, wait a minute, I should do this because now I have all this time on my hands. Exactly. You know, yeah. All my elective cases got canceled. And, and so I, I totally did a 180 and I put it into high gear and just started to talk to women in male dominated fields. Um, and so I, it, it's been like such a great journey. You and I were just talking before we started about how cool it's been to have the opportunity to talk to these phenomenal women and um, the selfish aspect of it where you really just gain so much from talking to individuals who have these amazing and cool life experiences. And so um, at that point, I was like, let's go, let's, let's get all these recordings done. And, and so I did. And I'm, I've like, during that time when things were pretty shut down, I got my whole first season recorded, part of my second season recorded. Um, and then, like I said, this week I launched. And so 
it's on it's on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, you know, all the major platforms. And so far, you know, I've had a really, really great reception. I think the stories seem to resonate with folks and um, it seems to be going well and, and I'm, I'm excited to keep going. Awesome. Yes. You all definitely go check out the 6% podcast. I've listened to a couple of episodes in Nancy's first episode as well, and it's super inspiring. And as, as you alluded to, Nancy, I get so much out of my guests who come on uh, this podcast, you included, of course. Um, I'm so inspired by all the women who come on um, and the women who are on your podcast are definitely inspiring, especially um, all the hurdles that they faced, um, you know, going into male-dominated fields and um, all their struggles. And so I am so thankful, Nancy, for you to come on today to share your journey. Definitely have shown that you are quite a Renaissance woman. Um, and before we close, is there any advice you can offer to other people who may, um, you know, need a little bit of motivation or need a little help along the, along the way? I think some good advice, which I actually have to remind myself of literally all the time is that, uh, you, you gotta just think big and ask yourself, why not? You can really be your own worst enemy sometimes when you impose limits on yourself. And, you know, one of the examples was when I decided to apply again to go to med school. And another example is just kind of getting over the hurdle and launching this podcast. You know, don't, don't ever tell yourself, oh, that's stupid, or who am I to do blank? And, and don't listen when other people suggest that you aren't, you know, good enough for whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I think that there's a fine line between having too much hubris, which is not good, um, and just having the confidence to push the limits of what you and others think is possible. Uh, and when you, when you figure that out, I think that's when you'll really, really push your limits and, and really push yourself to be the best you that you can be um, and have a fulfilling life from it. You know, and so, so take advice, don't take it, don't not take advice, but take the advice of visionaries and, and not from people who, who are small minded. So yeah. that's what I would share with others. Yeah. Great advice. And the other, the other little tidbit I can add to that is, you know, don't take things personally. I think that kind of is was my struggle initially, you know, when I'm trying to get feedback and advice from people, I take the negative feedback so personally and just use that to your advantage. So I think I it's definitely some great advice that you've offered to, to the listeners. And so if people want to um, follow up with you or get in touch with you, how would they find you? So I am online. Uh, my website is nancymd.com. You can find information about all the different things I have my hands in, clinical medicine, orthopedics, um, speaking. My podcast is also on there. Um, and my podcast, The 6% with Nancy MD, as I mentioned, is on all the major platforms, including Spotify and Apple, et cetera. Um, the, Thank you so much for supporting that, Michelle, and, and I thank your listeners for checking it out as well. I would love the reviews and, and the download and appreciate all the support for that. I'm also on social media, so Instagram and Twitter, I am at underscore NancyMD. And your Twitter is super fun, by the way. 
Thank you. So, definitely <laughs> informative, and informative, but also fun. So you, you throw a little bit of both. And like I said, that's how I initially found you. And I'm so grateful that we were able to connect um, on social media, but also on the podcast. So um, looking forward to hearing so much more from you, Nancy, and listening to your podcast as well. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness. Thank you.